right eye dominant. 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 This is the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. I am your host, Nick Toro Jr. And on today's episode, I'd like to talk about the work of German filmmaker Wim Wenders. And you may be asking yourself why on what is, for all intents and purposes, a photography-based podcast, I'm talking about a German filmmaker. Well, there is a specific reason for that. The great French film director, Jean-Luc Godard, famously said that photography is truth and cinema is truth 24 times a second. There's definitely common ground, obviously, between still photography and filmmaking. But the fact that I'm bringing that up in regards to the work of Vim Vendors is because, aside from being a filmmaker with a very long, illustrious career spanning many decades, Vim Vendors is also a noteworthy still photographer. I recently came across a book of his, and it's called Vim Vendors Instant Stories. This book features hundreds upon hundreds of Vim Vendors personal Polaroid photographs. And the book is a really beautiful overview of the work that Vim Vendors has created across his career using a Polaroid camera. In the book, he tells stories related to all of the photographs that he's sharing. I've been a fan of Vin Vendors the filmmaker for a very long time. To see photographs that he took on set making different movies, but also in his personal life while he was making those movies, in this book of Polaroids, and to hear his personal stories about the images, for me as a not only as a, a film fan, but also a photography fan, I just find this a really beautiful sort of merging of, of two uh, art forms that I really love and appreciate. So I will talk a little bit about these Polaroid photographs and the book, Instant Stories, but then I'd also like to expand this into how still photography has woven its way into the cinematic work of Vin Vendors throughout his career. And there are a couple of films from his body of work that I'd like to talk about in particular. So without further ado, let's get into today's topic, Vin Vendors, still photographs, and moving pictures. So before I get into the exploration of Vim Vendors and his still photography and his filmmaking, I'd like to give just a little bit of biographical background information on him. So Vim Vendors was born in Dusseldorf, Germany in August of 1945. And what's significant about that date is that he was born at the end of World War II. So Wim Wenders was part of a generation that grew up in the aftermath of World War II, had to deal with living in post-war Germany after the defeat of Nazism. The country in many ways had been leveled and Wim Wenders was of the generation that grew up having to reconcile 
what older generations, specifically that of his parents, had done and had dealt with with the rise and fall of Nazism. Wim Wenders is part of a generation of German filmmakers who came to prominence in the late 1960s and 1970s. Other filmmakers include Werner Herzog and Rainier Werner Fassbinder. These three filmmakers are probably the most noteworthy names in German cinema after World War II. What separates the work of Wim Wenders from, let's say, Fassbinder or Herzog, is that Wim Wenders looked to the West, specifically Western Europe, England, and certainly to America as cultural influences and things that he aspired to were definitely rooted in more Western pop cultural aspects. Wim Wenders really looked to America and American films and American pop culture as inspiration. And if you're not familiar with the film work of Wim Wenders, I would highly recommend checking out some of his films, specifically a movie like Paris, Texas, which takes place in the American Southwest, and you can see Wim Wenders' love and appreciation of America, America cinematic traditions, certainly, and the American landscape in that film. Uh, another one of his noteworthy films is Wings of Desire, which takes place in Berlin around the time of the fall of the Berlin Wall. And it's a really beautiful story, shot wonderfully, black and white for the most part film. Highly recommend Wings of Desire. And one of his films, which is a documentary, which it was a huge success for him, and you may know, is Buena Vista Social Club which focuses on a group of Cuban musicians that he follows throughout the studio in Cuba, and then they make a trip to New York City. Uh, it's a really beautiful, wonderful documentary, but also the soundtrack to that movie is outstanding. So if you don't know where to start with Vim Vendors, I would recommend Paris, Texas, Wings of Desire, and Buena Vista Social Club. So as far as Wim Wenders and his still photography is concerned, he considers himself equally a still photographer and a filmmaker. This goes back to the early days of his filmmaking career when he carried around a Polaroid camera with him as part of his creative process, which leads me to the book that I recently picked up called Wim Wenders Instant Stories. It's a compilation of hundreds and hundreds of Wim Wenders Polaroids that he took throughout his career. But what's really beautiful and enjoyable about this book is that it includes many stories that go along with the photographs. Not only telling you where it was taken, but why he took the photographs, where his mind was at, where he was at creatively, aesthetically, and personally when he took these photographs. Uh, if you're a film fan or a fan of the, the film work of Vim Vendors, you will definitely see photographs that are connected with many of his movies. But beyond that, you'll look at these photographs that were taken either on location when he was scouting on his films or traveling to promote his movies or just shots of his everyday life from hotel and motel windows or from moving cars and trains and planes and automobiles. And the photographs themselves just have this really unique personal quality to them. They're not, I would say, to be considered as fine art that you would frame and put on the wall, but more like a personal photo essay of Vim Vendors and his life as he 
grew as a filmmaker, we get to go along for the ride via these Polaroid photographs. So what's noteworthy about the Polaroid photographs and how important they are to Vim Vendors, not only personally, but to his filmmaking, you could see that in one of his early films, which is called Alice in the Cities. The uh, main protagonist in the film is traveling around by car in America in the early 70s, and he happens to be carrying around a Polaroid SX-70 camera with him. And many times through the movie, you see him taking photographs of his environment. These photographs that are in the movie actually do end up in, in the book. What I really appreciate about Alice in the Cities, besides being such a fan of, of his work, is that Vim Vendors incorporates the idea of photography into the storyline. And it's almost like a rumination through the eyes and the words of his character in the movie of why someone takes a photograph, what it means to be a photographer, how it captures maybe the everyday experience, but maybe it captures a little bit more. And the fact that these are Polaroid photographs, they're one of a kind, um, they just have a very unique personal aspect to them, both in the book and in the movie, Alice in the Cities. Interesting story that I heard when I was researching for this episode was that Vim Vendors, uh, he really loved taking Polaroid photographs. And when he was making Alice in the Cities, he had heard that Polaroid had a new camera coming out, which turned out to be the groundbreaking SX-70 camera. And he contacted Polaroid Corporation directly and asked for a camera. And that's the one that he got his hands on that's actually featured in the film. So he was one of the first people to actually be using an SX-70, which went on to become a very legendary camera and film format for many, many years. So I was able to track down uh, an interview with Vim Vendors when he was talking about why he loved Polaroid so much, and I was able to get my hands on the audio. So instead of my words, I'm going to let Vim Vendors speak for himself regarding Polaroid photography. It was not like photography that we knew before, and it was not like digital photography that came afterwards. It was its own little thing in between, almost like a genius outburst of last genius outburst of the analog age. It produced something instantly, and of course now everything is instant that you all do. I don't think any of you is not taking pictures. Polaroid had something extremely attractive to it because you could share it right away. And again, something you all used to today, but at the time it was something exciting that you could take a picture of somebody and that person was still in front of you when you had the picture, not just the picture, but a physical print of it. I feel, felt too that this object belonged more to that person who was on it than to me because it was a piece of the world, as if I had almost stolen from it, because it was a physical thing. It was not a virtual thing. It was actually existing, a physically existing piece of the world, a duplicate, a doppelganger, and uh, that was exciting.
So now moving on to a discussion of another one of Vim Vender's film projects is a movie that came out a little later in his career in 2008. And the name of the movie is Palermo Shooting. And the reason why I want to talk a little bit about this is because I think it relates to not only Vim Vender's and his life as a still photographer, but I think it's really relevant for anybody who works in the medium of photography. The movie's storyline follows a photographer as he grapples with his life and his career and his own mortality. And the reason why I enjoyed it so much is because it raises a lot of the issues that I personally, as a photographer and a creative person, grapple with myself. And to see Vim Vendors tackle this subject, it definitely spoke to me in a very deep way. As I said, the film was released in 2008. Uh, it was not well received when it came out. In fact, I've heard that when it came out and premiered in Cannes Film Festival, it was greeted by a chorus of boos from the audience. So um, I wasn't dissuaded by that, and I did actually see the film uh, a couple of years ago now. So the story of the movie revolves around a main character. His name is Finn. Now, uh, Finn is a highly successful photographer in the movie. Uh, he's creatively torn between the money-making pursuit of commercial photography and the less lucrative but obviously more fulfilling artistic photography. And he seems genuinely lost between the void of the two. Uh, he has a near-death experience on the highway in Germany with a camera in his hands, which causes him to reassess his career and in a larger sense, his entire existence. Seeking a place where he can be with himself and his thoughts away from the pressures of his job, he finds himself in the Sicilian capital of Palermo. The reason why I'm fascinated by this film is that photography, as I said, is an integral part of the storyline. Uh, obviously, Vendors brings a still photographer sensibility to his filmmaking as he had done throughout his career, and what is interesting about Palermo shooting is that the subject matter, the main character, is actually a photographer and he gets to take a deeper dive into the whole idea of what photography is, what it means to an artist as an individual, and using the medium uh, to not only express yourself but to confront your own mortality. And I'm bringing that up because photography in general has had a very close relationship with uh, mortality. If you look at the writing of Susan Sontag in her book on photography, she speaks at length about the medium's connection with, with death. And then noted philosopher Roland Barthes also wrote in his book, Camera Lucida, about the topic of death and photography. So in Palermo shooting, Vim Vendors also addresses this issue. And what I really actually was really excited to see when I was watching the film was that death is a character in the movie. And the, the character of death is played by Dennis Hopper, I believe it was the last role Dennis Hopper played before his own death. Uh, and Dennis Hopper meditates on this intrinsic quality of death in photography. And I pulled a quote from the film that comes from Dennis Hopper's character of death that I'd like to share with you. Don't get me wrong, I'm not against photography. 
I'm actually very fond of that invention. It shows the efforts of my labor better than anything else. How do you mean? Death at work. That's what most still photographs should be called anyway. Captured life. I really like the idea of the negative, the reverse side of life, the reverse side of, of light. Most cameras don't do that anymore. We move to a little thing called digital. That is exactly my point. With digital, there's no need to trust what's there. It's an open invitation to manipulation. Everything becomes random, muddled, helter-skelter. You lose the essence. So this moment in the film really struck a nerve deeply for me personally. I've always considered my photography in some ways of dealing with my own mortality, and in many ways a photograph could be a memento mori. If you're looking at old family photographs or even a photograph on a Facebook page, I think that it just carries this element of sadness and loss. You're looking at photos of a smiling family in a candid moment, but then looked at years later, it definitely has a darker subtext to it when you consider that this is evidence of people and a life that has certainly changed. It no longer exists in the way it's shown in the photograph. I also appreciate the nice little dig at the end of that statement by death directed at digital photography and how it is very different from film photography. So as a photo enthusiast, another reason why you may enjoy watching Palermo shooting is because there's some just straight up great camera porn on display in the film. Uh, the main subject, Finn, he's seen throughout the film shooting with this beautiful Japanese medium format camera. And I know this podcast is not about gear, but this camera is really beautiful and it's just fun to see it being used in the movie. Uh, there are also several scenes where uh, Finn is shooting with a 360 degree panorama camera. And that includes the pivotal moment in the film where he crashes his car and he has his near-death experience. But then I think the most touching moment in the film is when our main subject, Finn, crosses paths with uh, noted Palermo photographer, Letizia Battaglia. Now she is well known for shooting with a Leica camera. She has documented the influence of the mafia on the streets and the people of uh, Sicily. And so it's just really a wonderful moment where photographer to photographer, there's this heartfelt exchange on the subject of not only the medium of photography, but also death. And ultimately, the film, I think, is a rumination on death and what photography can inform us about how we deal with the idea of death. Again, Palermo shooting, probably far from Vim Vender's best work, uh, pales in comparison to Wings of Desire or Paris, Texas. But as a photographer, as a creative artist, or just somebody who's curious about dealing with the subject of one man's journey towards the acceptance of his mortality, shown through the viewfinder of photographic expression, I think devoting a couple of hours of your time to this, this movie is well worth the investment.
So there you have it, my overview of the still photography and photographically uh, relevant film work of the German director Wim Wenders. I hope this little overview gets you interested in exploring not only his films, but his photography as well. And to that end, I will share a bunch of links in the show notes to various websites that feature his photography and also links to some of the movies that I discussed in this episode. So I really want to thank you for listening and thank you for jumping on for season two of the Right Eye Dominant podcast. If you're new to the podcast or if you want to go back and catch some episodes that you may have missed, you can go to righteyedominantpodcast.com and there's the entire archive of episodes from season one. If you go to the website, you can scroll down and at the bottom there's a place where you can send me a message. So if you have any questions, comments, recommendations, or take odds with anything that I've said here, feel free to let me know. I'm always excited to hear from listeners. And if you like what you hear, please share this with friends. I would love to continue to grow this podcast. Um, I'm really excited about what uh, is coming up for new episodes in season two, and I look forward to sharing those with you soon. I want to thank you all for listening. This has been the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. I have been your host, Nick Toro Jr. And until next time, stay well. Today's episode has been a production of RightEyeDominant.art. The music for this episode has been brought to you by the Conant Project, Lazenby Industries, Yazar, and the White Plains. I'd also like to cite the British Film Institute as the source of the Vim Vendor's quote on Polaroid photography. And I would like to cite that the Dennis Hopper dialogue from Palermo Shooting is courtesy of Noya Road Film Productions.